Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoyed today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Would you guys all stand for the reading of the word? We're in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, Put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Hey, you may be seated. Well, Christmas is almost here. You guys enjoying the Christmas season? How many of you guys like this season, huh? This season, I always like to say this season is, it's my favorite season of the year because there's nothing like basketball season. That's the best, and Christmas is pretty good, too. <laughs> We're going to continue on in our Christmas at the Movie series here. But first, I want to give you a Christmas miracle offering update. Some of you are probably wondering what's going on, how are we doing with that. And so I want to say this. We're next Sunday on the 26th. Remember, we only have one service, 1045. But on that Sunday, the 26th, we're going to tell you the number, exactly where we're, we're at. The money continues to come in. And so, and so maybe you haven't given and you want to give to that, then we want to give you some more time to do that this week. And we just got to say thank you so much. So many people have already given. You've given generously, uh, even sacrificially to this. And it's just been an amazing thing to see people rally together and give to this. Now, you got that Christmas Miracle Offering uh, pamphlet in your seats there. You can, uh, you can look at the, the three areas that we're giving to. Those of you that are online, hopefully you've received the info and all the emails and that. But we're given to three areas that are very, very important to us. These kids in Myanmar who need education. And then updating this building. We don't know the last time that this thing was updated. And so we want to take care of this place that God has given us. Hey, guys, the community continues to use this. Like the school used this room just on Friday morning for their Christmas special thing that they did. And so we uh, just want to make sure that we upgrade and, and update this and remodel this. And we're also blessing the kids' ministry by doing it. And we want to take care of the kids' ministry. We're going to upgrade the kids' ministry by doing that as well and helping people through benevolence within our own church community. Man, we're just excited about moving forward and helping and serving people. Every year we do the Christmas offering. So if you've been around here, you know we do this and we've always sent 100% outside 
the walls of our church. And so this year we are doing, we're sending money outside to, to people, but we're also realizing, just felt strongly, that we need to take care of ourselves in this house, this place that God has given us. And so that's why we mix it up a little bit and made it a Christmas miracle offering. So if you want to be part of the miracle, you want to give towards that, make sure you use the word Christmas. And we got a special fun little video here for you. We have a thank you from one of the students in Myanmar. So why don't you watch this video here? ลิชิงกันนี่ปัญญาติคุยยาเลยตัวจ้องชื่ออุสาพยาธิคิงจีซูตอกูชิมมาเลยมีเนเมกาโรสมุชันพิสุปาเลยตมีเยตะกาโร
I mean, what can a kid do to us? Kids are stupid. I know I was. You still are, Mark. Shit. Get out on your runway and hitchhike. I am going to get home to my son. You dress like a chicken. Gus Polinski, Polka King of the Midwest. If you have to get to Chicago, we'll gladly drive you. Hey, guys. Yesterday, he was just a kid. But tonight, he's a home security system. You guys give up? Oh, yeah, thirsty for more. From John Hughes. You know, I got a feeling this is going to be your best Christmas ever. A family comedy without the family. Home alone. Are you here all alone? I'm eight years old. You think I'd be here alone? I don't think so. Does anybody like to watch that every year? Does anybody have that tradition? Isn't it funny we have the tradition of like watching movies like that or other movies? There's lots of fun traditions uh, in this season that we like. Like the, the, the Christmas tree is one of those fun kind of odd traditions, like how that started. All that stuff. Like every year you have to have a Christmas tree, right? And other fun things that we like to do. But, you know, as, as a church, as believers, we always love to go back through the Christmas story and look through the Christmas story. And it's just amazing to think about the fact that God became one of us, that he is God Emmanuel. He is God with us, that he entered our world and became a man, that Jesus was fully man, yet still fully God. And we kind of talked about you know, Jesus being God in the flesh last week, and we talked about that, that he's the incarnation of God. You know, the incarnation of Christ means this. Jesus, the Son of God, who has always existed, willingly humbled himself and became a human. So Jesus is God in the flesh. That's what incarnate mean. And what's interesting is during Jesus' life, he fulfilled hundreds of prophecies about the Messiah, at least 300, some scholars break it up to over 400 prophecies that was fulfilled in one man, Jesus. Some might say, well, he got lucky. But I don't think that's luck. Do you know the probability of him fulfilling hundreds of messianic prophecies? The probability is actually, it's like a mathematical impossibility. And so someone figured out, what is the probability of Jesus even fulfilling eight of these hundreds of, me, uh, of messianic prophecies. And here's the probability. And they, they, they listed eight specific ones, but they said the probability of all eight prophecies being fulfilled accidentally in the life of one person is one in the 10 to the 17th power, or one in that number right there. That's one in 100 quadrillion. Just eight of the hundreds that Jesus Fulfilled. Guys, when we think about Christmas, it's kind of mind-blowing and, and, and profound and amazing. It just kind of leaves you feeling like this, this awe of who God is and what he did. As we're reading through a Christmas story that can be just nostalgic and comforting and peaceful for us, but it is full of supernatural, miraculous stories where God is just displaying his might and his power. I mean, you think about, for 400 years, there was silence. 
In between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there was 400 years of silence, no prophets, no prophecies. There was no miraculous. And then all of a sudden, God began to move. That's why I love reading through Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2, because you see, after 400 years of silence, of stillness, of the Jews just going year after year after year, just worshiping God, doing all the festivals to remember who God is and how he delivered them, going to the temple, all the priests going in and doing all the sacrifices year after year, generation after generation, 400 years, and then finally, God began to move. So as you read that story, you just see, man, God is powerful. He is amazing. And it just reminds you that there is a spiritual story that is being written that is so important for us to catch. And so you read through the life and the teachings and just the, the, the death, resurrection of Jesus and all that, and you see that there's this spiritual warfare that Jesus is involved in. It's very clear. Like, he has no problems talking about the devil, talking to the devil, like he was tempted by the devil. Uh, he has no problems talking about demons, talking to demons, and talking about hell. He addresses all of those things. And so you see, even from Jesus, that it's... Is that you? We've got a worship song starting here for us here. Oh, we, <laughs> we missed that part of the, or, the service order there, yeah. <laughs> Um, Jesus doesn't shy away from talking about all this spiritual stuff. He confronts it, and he shows us the way to live and how to deal with this. And so then Jesus says this in John 10. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. So the thief is the devil. He's saying he, he has an agenda for your life. Steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to rob from you. What are you going to do about it? If you knew someone was coming to your house tonight to rob you, to steal things from, for, for, from you, you'd do something about it, wouldn't you? You wouldn't be like, I'm so scared, I'm going to go get a, a night in a hotel and just forget about it. You, know? you wouldn't hide under the bed and just let the robber do whatever they want in your house. No, you would do something about it. That's what I love. Did you catch that one little line where Kevin walks into the house and he's like, this is my house. I'm going to defend it. Hey, guys, there's a battle that you and I are in every day. There's a battle for your soul, and the enemy wants to steal from me. He wants to rob from you, and I want to encourage you to stand up and fight. And there's this famous scene in Home Alone where Kevin, as he comes into this house, he knows the robbers are coming that night, and he rolls out this, this paper, and it says battle plan on it. You notice that? It says battle plan at the top. And he lays out what he's going to do to these robbers. And so it's just an awesome scene. In fact, let's watch this as he prepares his battle plan for these robbers. What about you? Me? Yeah, you and your son. We'll see what happens. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
okay, we'll check it out first. We can always come back for the truck. How do you want to go in? We'll go to the back door. Maybe he'll let us in. You never know. Yeah, he's a kid. Man, that sets up a great scene that goes into the, all the amazing slapstick comedy stuff. I remember watching this as a, as a teenager, young adult, and I thought, this is a pretty good movie, but I didn't watch it much throughout my young adult life, and then when my kids were about four and seven, I watched this movie again for the first time in years, and they just laughed all the way through, and I'm like, I just had the most enjoyable experience watching this movie with them. As the kids just laughed and laughed and laughed, and I thought, actually, yeah, this movie's kind of fun and kind of good, and I started liking this movie again. But that, I love that scene there where, where Kevin lays out his battle plan. We've got a picture of his battle plan right there. If you watch Home Alone 2, where he, he ends up in New York, he has the same thing, but he calls it uh, Operation Ho-Ho-Ho, I think is what it is. But the same kind of thing. He lays out his plan within that apartment that he's going to battle the same guys in. With all the Home Alone movies, there's that same kind of a scene, and there's the rolling out of, of the battle plan. It just reminds us of the fact that you and I are also in a battle. There is a battle that you and I are facing every single day. Maybe you've heard the term, every man's battle, every woman's battle. And let me just say, it's not a particular sin. Every man and woman's battle is a spiritual battle. And if you got your your Bibles, feel free to go to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to walk through that as we talk about this spiritual battle that we're in and and pay attention to the spiritual realm. Like all around us, there's a spiritual realm that exists that is connected to us. We can't see it, but affects us in profound ways. In fact, I would even say the spiritual realm is more real than what you and I see, which is hard for us to understand and comprehend. Doesn't even make sense. But out of that realm, out of who God is and where he dwells and where he lives, he spoke into existence our realm. He is eternal. His realm, he, God is spirit. And so who he is is eternal. And what he spoke into existence out of the eternal was this, what we see. But what we see is not as real as the spiritual realm. And what's even interesting is that science now has proven that there's multi-dimensions within our, our world Quantum physics has proven multiple, multiple dimensions, which is kind of interesting in light of spiritual realm and also in light of Spider-Man and Spider-Verse and all that kind of stuff that we're looking at today as well. Some of you were thinking that, right? So Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6 is where we're going to be here for a few moments. And I I love this because it speaks to the reality of the spiritual realm that we cannot forget about, guys. Verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Can I ask you, how often do you think about that? It's important that we do, especially as we are praying. We got to be reminded that our struggle is not in the physical. It's not between flesh and blood. It's not against other people who who you don't like, who they don't like you, they've hurt you. That's, That's not where the battle is. It's in the spiritual realm. We are fighting against principalities. 
authorities. And we have got to do battle in that place. So how do we do this? We got to, and, and by the way, it's, I've seen this happen time and time again. You've probably felt this. You've probably seen this. But isn't it amazing when someone decides to get serious about God, they begin to grow in their relationship with God, and all of a sudden they begin to face all this crazy hardship and trials, and, and it's, it's spiritual warfare is what it is. I've seen people commit their life to Jesus, put their trust in him, and they begin just to grow in that relationship with God, and all of a sudden it, be, it gets harder for them. And in both instances, we can all find ourselves thinking like, come on, God, like what's the deal? Like I'm following you, I'm getting serious about you now, now it's just harder, all this stuff is happening, and you gotta understand that there is an enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and he will come after you the moment you really take your relationship with Jesus serious. You begin to grow, you begin to serve, you begin to do things that God is calling you to do, you will face opposition. We can't be surprised by that and shocked by that. We can't blame God because there's an enemy who's gonna come after you. And so there's, we are impacted constantly by the spiritual realm. And it's important that we're aware of this. All right, so let's read on here. So here's what we gotta do. Verse uh, 13, therefore, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place. The belt of truth is so important because when the enemy attacks you, he's gonna attack you with lies. And he wants to try to convince you to believe things that are contrary to God. And what he'll even do is he'll even twist truth. He'll even say things to us that seem to be true. Sometimes it, it feels true. Therefore, we believe it. But it's a twisting, it's a, it can be assumptions, it can just be flat out lies that we believe about situations and other people, and the enemy loves it when we believe in those lies because then he's got us. This is why it's important for you and I to walk and stand in truth. Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And so we're missing out on the freedom that Jesus has. When we stand in lies, when we believe lies, when we believe, we like to call them false narratives around here as part of our discipleship process. We got the Knowing God class and the Freedom Course. Both of those confront who we believe God is and how to walk in freedom, what we believe about ourselves and these false narratives that we can find ourselves believing. It's so important that we really know who God is and we know who we are and who he's called us to be. We've got to stand in truth, friends. And this is where we do the battle right here. And sometimes it's coming against falsehood and lies. We've got to confront those things. This is why we need the Spirit's help to do this. I love what Paul said to, uh, to the Corinthian church. Paul said this. Sounds very similar to Ephesians 6, like we just read here. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Did you know that? You have divine power. As a follower of Jesus, his spirit lives in you, and you have divine power to destroy strongholds in your life and in other people's lives. So, verse 5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Basically, we're confronting lies. Any opinion, arguments that would say that you don't need God, this is better than God, this is higher than God, you know, all that. 
uh, God's not real, all these things that are lies that put himself up against God. We are confronting those things, and it's important that we stand in truth. See, the enemy wants to plant thoughts into your mind that are contrary to God's thoughts. And when we believe them, he's got us. You and I need to live and walk and stand in truth. That belt of truth is so important. And we've got the breastplate of righteousness. Think about that breastplate as it covers this part of your body. It covers your heart, this important you know, part of all the organs and all that. It covers your and protects your inner man. It's important that you and I stand in the righteousness of God every single day. And we stand in that with pride and with honor, not because of anything we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. We are righteous before God because of Jesus' work on the cross. When Jesus looks at you as a believer and a follower of him, he sees you through his son Jesus, through the blood that he shed on the cross. You are righteous before God. Did you know that? And so you put on that armor every day. It's the armor of righteousness. And like, I'm a righteous man of God. I'm a righteous woman of God. This is who I am. You realize that this is protecting your identity. And so you wear that identity loud and proud. I am righteous. Not because of me, but because of Jesus. But you want to wear that breastplate every every day. A breastplate of righteousness. Man, I wish we had time to, to talk about all these things more. But I'd encourage you to study this. Go deeper into this. But we're going to keep walking through this, if that's okay. Walking through the armor. It's kind of fun. So uh, where are we at? Verse uh, 15, 14, 15. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, I love this. First of all, the gospel is a message of peace. Man, if there's one thing this world needs more of, it's peace. And what a lot of people don't realize is what they really need is not just peace uh, in, in relationships and peace out of tension and just peace between nations and this world, all that. We need peace with God, peace with our creator. And in the gospel is the good news of Jesus that brings peace with God. And God can give you peace. Some of you, maybe you need some peace today. He is the God of peace. He is the Prince of peace. And he has peace for you in every circumstance and situation. You can be going through the toughest of storms and still have peace because of who he is. So it talks about the feet being fitted, being ready to, to spread the gospel and to share this message of peace, this good news of Jesus. And so the devil wants nothing more than to cause you and I to think that to share the gospel and the good news, it's not worth it. It's a waste of time. You're not going to make much of a difference. He wants you and I to actually not care about the eternal salvation of other people. He wants you and I to feel overwhelmed, like, what can I do? It's like all this. He wants us to feel like I'm obligated to do this. But you got to understand that God has given you some foot gear to help motivate you and prepare you to share the greatest news that the world needs to hear. And if you know Jesus, you know the greatest message that is here on earth, and people need it. And so I love this posture of having his feet ready because it just it's a posture of readiness. It's a posture not of laziness. I'm not sitting on my rear, laying on my back, but God has given you foot gear to motivate you to share the good news. And so get up, be motivated, kind of have this posture every single day. Okay, God, I'm ready. Got my, my feet are on, my, my shoes on. Those things you gave me to, to, to share, I'm, I'm ready. Here we go. And I just love having that posture. I love praying through 
the armor of God, by the way. This is a great prayer to pray through just to remind us, like, this is who I am. This is what God has done for me. This is how he has equipped me. All right, moving on. Uh, In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The shield of faith. This is a good one right here, that that shield. The enemy's going to attack you. He's going to come after you. And he's going to throw insults at you. He's going to try to discourage you. He's going to throw thoughts, temptations, all these things he's going to throw at you. I mean, just the thought of arrows coming at you doesn't feel good. But these aren't just normal arrows. They're on fire. I I don't want to get hit with any arrow, but especially one that's on fire. Flaming arrows. Come on, we got to have that shield of faith up at all times to protect ourselves. I stand in faith. I defend myself with the faith that God has given me. All I need is the faith is the small as a mustard seed to, to stand in the faith that God uh, and, and understanding that God can move and work and protect and do all things. This faith gives me a better understanding, maybe a clearer understanding of what's going on in life too. Faith gives us a better perspective because I'm not just operating out of what I see. I'm operating in the unseen realm, in the spiritual realm. It's the realm of faith. And so I've got to walk in faith. It is a shield, but it's also how I want to live and how I want to operate because it gives me an eternal perspective. That no matter what's happening here, I can trust God and I need to look to God because I need to make sure that I am living not just a natural life, but a supernatural life. And I'm living life in the spirit and I'm living out of faith, not just what I see. Okay, you got me? You with me here? All right, so let's move on here. So... uh, Shield of faith, verse 17, take the helmet of salvation, which is the sword, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Okay, so we got two things right here. Helmet of salvation, every day. This helmet protects you, it protects your mind. The enemy wants you to doubt who God is. The enemy wants to doubt all that God has done in your life. He wants you to doubt the death and the resurrection of Jesus. He wants to doubt you to doubt all these experiences, all those encounters that you've had with the living God. And so you put on that helmet of salvation. It protects my mind. And even in the midst of of, of chaos, no matter what's going on, this is protecting my mind. It's a helmet of salvation. And sometimes the only thing I need to know is this. God loves me, and he has saved me. I have salvation, the greatest gift I could ever receive in my life, because it doesn't just affect this life, it affects eternity. And so I have salvation. And so that helmet of salvation protects my mind and reminds me of what is most important in my life. Salvation. And then you have the sword of the Spirit, which thankfully Paul clears up what that is. Because if he didn't say which is the word of God, scholars would debate forever. You're like, what's the sword of the Spirit? Is it this? Is it this? Is it that? Okay, so the word of God. Okay, so he says it clearly right there. Which is... The word of God. And so he gives us what I would call the first of two offensive weapons in this passage here. The word of God is your sword that you can use to attack in this spiritual battle. That you Remember, we're in a spiritual battle. Every single one of us. There's a battle for your soul. So use this book. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Pray it. Speak it. Declare it. When Jesus was tempted, he threw back the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, at the devil. 
And some of us need to throw back that sword at the devil as he throws temptation and discouragement and lies your way. No, 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 no. This is what God says. No, no, this is who I am. Use this sword to go on the attack. This is so important that we understand and know this book because it's truth. So let's get back to that truth thing. All right, so sword of the spirit, uh, which is the word of God. And then the last verse here is this. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. I really like including verse 18 into the whole armor of God passage because I think it doesn't end with the sword of the spirit, the word of God. I think the last thing we need to, to use in the spiritual battle is praying in the spirit. And this is another offensive weapon that God has given you. Praying in the spirit. Remember, we are spiritual people. And we want to do battle in the spiritual realm. And so how do I do that? When I, in my prayers, I pray in the spirit, which sounds great and awesome, but maybe you're like, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to pray in the spirit? And so I would say it means praying in tongues. That's definitely a part of it. You see tongues in scripture. Uh, I've seen people baptized in the Holy Spirit, being to speak in tongues. I've seen people pray in tongues. I practice that constantly in my life. I need to exercise that gift in my life. It is part of how I grow and how I do battle in, in my spiritual life. Okay, so that is definitely part of it. Praying in your heavenly language, praying in tongues is part of praying in the spirit, but it also means this. It means letting the spirit lead you in your prayers. How often do you let the spirit lead you and speak to you when you're praying? Let him as you're praying, let him just begin to deposit things into your life. Be open. Maybe just sit and be still and listen to him. God, what do you want me to, to pray for this person? Maybe you're praying for somebody, but he wants to give you a specific word to pray for them. He wants to, to, to lay somebody on your heart. And do you just begin to pray and intercede? Like, you know, we have our prayer lists and our, you know, things we can go through. Like, I know this has happened. I know this happened, so I pray this. But oftentimes there are people, there are things going on that you and I are not aware of. And God wants to deposit that into your spirit, and you can begin to intercede and begin to pray. And I love it when that happens. In fact, yesterday that happened in a very profound way for me. As I was praying yesterday morning, God laid my cousin on my heart, who's just battled just sickness and health just for years and years and years. I just began to pray and intercede for her, and I thought, I'm just going to send a little text message to her. And so I said, hey, Beanie, praying for you right now. Just been interceding for you. How are you doing? And, and she messaged me back a couple hours later, and she's like, Wow. God knew that I needed your prayers today. She's like, it's a tough day. And I'm like, oh, praise God. And so it's like, hey, it just, you know, so we kind of talked back and forth a couple times there, but she said, I believe your prayers kept me out of the hospital today because that's how bad it was today. So this is one of those moments where he's like, you sometimes never know. And so I just, just felt she was laying on my heart. I just began to pray. Just began to pray and intercede. You never know how God's gonna speak to you in this. It's so important, friends, that we don't just pray in the natural. We gotta pray in the spiritual, in the supernatural. Pray in the spirit. Let him speak to you. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. He may give you prophetic words for people. He may give you rhema now words for people. He may give you discernment on how to pray for them. Specifically, pray in the spirit. Not just in what you see or what you think in your mind. Pray what's on God's mind. That's praying in the spirit, okay? And this is 
This is an important aspect of you and I doing battle in the heavenlies. Because we're talking about this spiritual battle that we're in, right? And so with a little help and a little reminder from a kid named Kevin, talking about his battle plan, we get your transitions like we're all in a battle. We're facing a spiritual battle. And it's not against other people. It's in the spiritual realm. And the devil wants you and I to get caught up fighting other people. He wants you to get caught up like they, they did this, they said this, and I'm mad, and how dare they? You know, we get caught up all these emotions against other people, and the devil's got us. He wants to cause division in your life. He wants to cause division in your heart. He wants to cause division in your family. He loves to cause division in the church. He likes to get people fighting and going against all this stuff. That's not where the battle is. It's not against flesh and blood and people. It's in the heavenly realms. And we've got to do battle there. We cannot forget where the battle is. It's a spiritual battle that all of us are in. And we need to fight it there. So we've got to be alert. We've got to be alert. I love, I love what, what Peter said. He said this. He said, be self-controlled and alert. Self-controlled and alert. So this is like not being lazy, not just kind of like I'm just going through the flow, I'm putting it in cruise control today. No, self-controlled and alert every single day because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And he's doing a pretty good job of it because the devil will hit you and I with temptations. And, you know, we talk, you know, it's interesting. We talk about devil and demons and all this kind of stuff. And it's important that we recognize that they're real. Demons are real. They're like fallen angels. We're not talking about some fantasy land world here. This is real stuff that greatly affects our life and our future. And the enemy and all of his minions will come after you and I. And what's interesting is when we're self-controlled and alert, we realize he kind of hits us with the same stuff. He's not very creative, but he keeps doing it. Why? Because it works. Because we keep giving into it. And why do we give into that sin? Sometimes it's because we believe it's okay. We believe a lie. He's convinced us of something that is not true. Other times, we just don't care. We just want to do it. Let's be real. I want to sin. I feel like doing this. And so we, we give in to that. That's why we've got to be alert, be self-controlled. We've got to fight this battle. We've got to fight it in the spiritual realm. And remember that his divine power has given you everything you need for life. His divine power has given you everything you need to live a godly life. 2 Peter 1.3. And I love that verse. I love how New Living says it. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. God has given you, he has equipped you with everything you need to fight the battle in a proper way. So what are you gonna do? What's your plan? Little eight-year-old Kevin, he had a battle plan. He laid it out. What's your plan? Do you have one? You ever heard that, that saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail? I think it's true. Fail to plan, plan to fail. It's important that you and I have a plan in place. It starts by understanding all that God has given us and how he's equipped us. But we gotta have a specific plan of how am I gonna grow? How am I gonna move forward in this life? How am I gonna not allow the enemy to take me out and to rob me from all that God has? I'm amazed at how often 
When I ask people, what's your spiritual growth plan? How often people have no plan, no spiritual growth plan. Do you have a spiritual growth plan? It's important that we have one. Sometimes people say, well, I'm just, I'm gonna like read the Bible and pray and stuff. I'm like, okay, that's, that's a great start. Do that. But like, get specific, get intentional. What is your plan? Lay it out. When are you going to pray? Where are you going to pray? How long are you going to pray? What are you going to read in scripture? What's God laying on your heart? What are you going to study? How deep are you going to go? I mean, just get a plan. Get specific. And so we're just kind of all willy-nilly with our spiritual life. And therefore, we're, our growth is all willy-nilly too. This is a fun Christmas message. I'm about spiritual warfare and home alone and all this. But man, I just love that, that line that Kevin says, this is my house and I have to protect it. Come on, this, this is what I want to say to you today. I want to encourage you to say this to yourself. This is my life and I have to protect it. Come on, this is my family. This is my kids and I got to protect it. This is my future and I got to protect it. This is my church. And I have to protect it. Come on, let's have the same passion and intensity as an eight-year-old does in this crazy movie. Let's have that same intensity and focus in our spiritual life. This is my life. I'm going to protect it. The enemy's not taking me out. Come on, I'm going to stand strong. I got the armor of God. I'm growing. I'm moving forward. And I got some, some, some practical things I want to give you, just some practical steps to help you as we end the year and step into a new year. But first, let me just end with these two verses here because it helps set it up and just gives us a posture. How do we handle this? James, he says this, he says, but he gives more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If you and I wanna grow spiritually, we cannot be full of pride. And then when you look at scripture like this, you realize if I'm operating in pride, I am in opposition to God. I don't wanna be operating in opposition to God because he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Last week we talked about humility, the importance of humility, right? This little Charlie Brown Christmas tree that's still here right here, it reminds us of the importance of humility. God gives grace to the humble. And let's be real, guys. You and I move forward and grow in his grace, by his grace, because of his grace. And then goes on to say, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. This is very important in our spiritual life, guys, in our spiritual battle. Oftentimes we find ourselves with the armor, praying the armor, God has empowered me, I'm gonna fight, fight, resist, resist, fight. Here's where you need to start. Submit to God. That's the beginning part. Submit yourselves then to God. Then, out of you submitting to Him, you are receiving not just His grace, but His authority and His power. And out of that submission, you have His authority and His power to resist the devil. It is through submission that you and I grow in the authority and the power of God, and we can stand against that, we can resist him, and then he will flee. Because it's not by your might or your strength, it's by the Spirit of God alive inside of you. So start by just having a posture every day of submission.
Submit to God. Then resist the devil. You feel that temptation coming? Don't resist, resist. No, 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 no. Why don't you just do this? God, I submit to you and your will, your plans for my life. Right now, God, I submit to you. And then you watch how you can move forward and how you can resist the devil. Submission is so important, guys. So here's five things I want to give you. If you're taking notes, write these down. If you're not taking notes, then start now. Five practical things I want to give you here. One is have a spiritual growth plan. Again, because people, too many people don't have a plan to grow spiritually. Get specific, get serious, set goals. I love to do goals for my spiritual life and just personal growth and even physical life and financial life, all these areas. Just be specific in all this stuff. We got groups starting in January that some of you need to be part of. We're starting a prayer lab. You can grow in your prayer life. Uh, we're starting uh, Celebrate Recovery starting up again. And some of you maybe you need to jump into Celebrate Recovery and help God help you walk in the freedom that he has for you in some areas of your life. Uh, so spiritual growth plan. Uh, number two, pray and fast. This is so important that we use the discipline of praying and fasting. We practice that in our life. There's a card in your seats here. And this week, for those of you online, we'll, we'll email this out, message this out. But January is a month of prayer. So you can look at all that we're doing for prayer in January. It's a prayer focus. We're going to do a 21-day fast. We're going to kick off the new year here in this room with a New Year's Eve prayer and worship night. So if you want to join us right here, just kick in the new year just with some prayer and worship. And then, uh, then we'll end. We'll have a fun little countdown and all that kind of stuff. And it's going to be just a fun night of prayer and worship, just seeking God and starting the year off seeking Him. So join us for that if you can. Number three, develop an eternal perspective. It's so important. Faith gives us the ability to do this. Where I'm walking by faith and not by sight. All these scriptures we've walked through help give us an eternal perspective. So I understand I am in a spiritual battle, not a person-to-person -person battle. I need to have an eternal perspective. Number four, have these three relationships. You and I all need a mentor. Uh, a mentee or a mentoree, whatever word you want to use there. Mentor, mentee, and accountability. Somebody who can coach me, can mentor me and speak into my life. Someone who I'm coaching, I'm helping grow, I'm discipling. And then an accountability relationship. You get those three relationships, I promise you, you will grow. It will happen. I promise you, we all need those relationships. And then lastly is this, just walk in submission to the Lord. You want to grow? Start there. Walk in submission to the Lord, James 4. Would you stand your feet? Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.